0: Welcome to Mamas in Training, a podcast that gives new moms guidance and community from moms who have been there. I'm Jessica Lorian, a mama in training myself, so let's learn together all about this thing called motherhood.
1: Going through it myself and being in that chair in the clinic three days a week, four days a week sometimes, getting your blood drawn, going for the ultrasounds, feeling this level of anxiety of what's happening today, what's not happening today? Am I ovulating? Am I not? Is did I miss the window? What are my blood levels? You know, are they okay? All those things. The voice in your head that just does non-stop when you're trying to conceive and those that have gone through it know what I mean. It's like I always say if someone were to tell you to stand on your head and turn around 3 times, you would do it. It's like you get to this point of desperation of I will do whatever it takes to get to what the end result is.
0: As a 35-year-old female, I know that feeling of the ticking clock. And while I haven't started trying to conceive yet because my medications prevent me from doing so, I do understand the stress that can come with fertility. If you are experiencing this stress, or you know a friend who is, this episode is going to be key. Joining me today is Elizabeth King. She is a Certified Fertility Health Coach, a Master Certified Life Coach, birth and bereavement doula, and new parent educator. Her mission is to help people of all backgrounds conceive a healthy baby and carry to term. Now, Elizabeth didn't start having her children until the age of 40. So when I met her, I knew she was the perfect person for this conversation. By the end of this episode, I guarantee you will find support in learning how to prepare your team and your mindset for your fertility journey. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but what I found in my research is with fertility or infertility, I like to talk mm-hmm. about fertility, right? Me too. The positive mm-hmm. side of things. But we find that one in eight couples are struggling with infertility and one in four have miscarriages. But what I want to highlight about this is that's just what's reported, right? And I think correct. that I've heard you mention that before. And so I was just... I was really inspired to come across you and get connected to you because, especially for so so many different reasons, but especially because you didn't have your kids until you were in your 40s, which mm-hmm. gives me a lot, a lot of comfort. Mm-hmm. And you froze your eggs at 36. Mm-hmm. Personally, you know, many people who listen know my story, but... I'm on this autoimmune disease fight and my internal clock seems to be ticking every day as I keep going and going, but it's something I'm trying to push to the side. So I'm, I'm just really grateful to have you here to shine a light on fertility and everything that goes along with that, how we can prepare for it, how we can set ourselves up for success, how we can navigate when we might find ourselves struggling and all of these things. So first, I want to ask you, I heard you mention that your inspiration to help women with fertility went all the way back to when you were 19. So can you just share with us that first moment?
1: Yeah, it's funny because I didn't actually realize that that's where it started until fairly recently and having these types of conversations of um, my sister, who is seven years older than me. So she was 26 at the time and had just been married for six months, um, was diagnosed with an extremely rare Cervical cancer. Still, there's no one living in the planet today that has had it. So she's truly a miracle from that. However, right away, like you have to have surgery within the next few days and radical hysterectomy and all of these things. So again, 26 years old. And she had said to everybody, No, we're just going to have fur babies because, you know, when you're just married at that age, everyone's asking you, When are you going to have kids? Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I came home that night from work again at 19, her and her husband had been over at my parents' house. I ran upstairs to my room and I was just crying and she came to follow me and she was crying. And the first thing she would just say over and over again was I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it that I didn't want to have kids almost as though she had kind of cursed herself in this diagnosis Mm -hmm. of having to have all of her, you know, uterus and everything pulled out. My first response to her at that time, even not even ha- knowing anything about this was, "I'll have them for you." Um, and kind of digging a little bit into that as time went on, it was different than it is now, but there's pretty strict guidelines around the, you know whether somebody can ha- has had a child before in order to carry it for somebody else in the family, and a lot of psychological testing and whatnot that needs to go through just because they want to make sure that there's no. Um, issues going forward. So anyway, that ended up not happening. Because of a lot of those situations I just mentioned, I obviously was 19. I had no kids, I was not married. And you know, all of that. Fast forward to in my 20s, started my own business in corporate, and a lot of the women around me were struggling with fertility. And I had never had that experience with anyone around me before. And so they were always kind of saying, You know, make sure you know what your FSH is and all these things. And I remember thinking, like, I have no idea what that even means. Um, (laughs) And then at 30, I got divorced. And that's when it kind of sunk in of like, okay, it's kind of clicking that maybe I should do something about this. So I don't end up in the same situation as these women that I'm surrounding myself with and went to go try to freeze my eggs at age 30. And the doctor said I was too young, um, that eggs didn't freeze well and to try to come back. So I came back again at age 36 because I was still single. And he said, okay, eggs still don't freeze well, or I'm sorry, thaw well, I should say, but because you're 36, your eggs are 36 years old, we'll do it and, and see how it goes. Subsequently, those eggs, when we did go to try to use them, um, were not able to be used anyway. So I say that for people that not to discourage them from freezing eggs, because I do think it's a great option. However, it's a better option if you're able to freeze embryos and you have a better, mm-hmm. um, result in that, but technology is getting better every day. So, um, things continue to change. So always check with your doctor about the, the technology and
0: freezing and thawing eggs and how that's going. Yeah. Now, a lot of us, we go through something in our life, and then that leads us to what we end up having as our career, what our passion mm-hmm. is. And so it seems like, especially what happened to you when you were 19, whether it was subconscious or not, <laughs> definitely influenced yeah. that. Was, was that your main inspiration? Was your own experience your main inspiration? Why have you devoted your life to helping other women conceive and bring healthy babies into this world? the therapy
1: around it that I had found was, wasn't was able to get in it with me to make me feel like they knew what I was going through. And that's what I built my life coaching practice around is you know, going through divorce, I know what that's like, I can help you through that trying to have a baby, I know what that's like, I can help you through that suffering through a miscarriage and moving on from that, I know what that's like, and I can help you. And being in those kind of low lows of the trying to conceive and suffering from miscarriage is really when I realized like, this feeling, you should not be going through this alone, and you are not alone. And you should not feel like you are alone. Because there are people that can help you. And when I was going through it, it, there wasn't the people out there really to help you. There was, but it wasn't talked about. You know, Now I know that the clinics have these resources, but they certainly, they don't like plaster it all over their offices to yeah. say, are you suffering from this? Are you walking out the door with anxiety? Are you crying in the parking lot before or after you come in here? Like. Here's somebody that can help you. And that's where I step in. I always say like, as soon as you walk out the clinic door, that's where I'm here to support you. So we connect on Boxer, you know, we do regular zoom calls or whatever it is, but it's that heaviness that comes around the trying to conceive process that I really felt was a void. And so I come in to try to help lift that heaviness, educate people as they're going through the process and just help them feel like they're they have somebody to lean on and to answer those questions and it brings up a lot of other emotional baggage when you're going through it as well and, and brings up a lot of stress with your partner often too because mm-hmm. it is such a,
0: a stressful time for most couples In this process, it seems to me that it might be very technical and it might be very, you know, doctoral and by the book. And, you know, this is what you do. Check, 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 check. But then it's like, we're talking about our bodies here. You think I'm broken, right? Like, it's not
1: working. There's something wrong with me. I'm not good Mm -hmm. enough. I, you know, my levels didn't change this month. Why not? What, you know, I think I'm doing everything right. And it's, it's not, your body's not responding the way that you want it to, right? You want it to conceive to get pregnant. It's not working. Why isn't it working? And that's where, from my coaching perspective, we look at the whole big picture. So we look, we do look at the blood work as well. We look at your stress level with work or what's happening with your family or Friend situation, all those things play a role into trying to conceive. And to your earlier point when we first started about your autoimmune first and foremost, we not only do we want to get pregnant, but we want to have a healthy pregnancy, not only for the mother, but yes. for the, the baby, right? So it is so important to get yourself first and foremost in a situation where it's welcoming for a baby to conceive. And that's why a lot of times I ask people, do you have gut issues? Is there inflammation in your body? Is there something that may be preventing you from, from conceiving? And just oftentimes, surprisingly, most women don't really pay attention too much to say like, oh yeah, I actually, I guess I do have gut issues. I didn't realize it, but you know, I have Mm -hmm. something going on every other day or whatever. And it could be as simple as that as eliminating something that's causing your body to be inflamed that can shift
0: what you need to happen in order to have a baby. In speaking with you and anybody who might find themselves listening to this episode and needing a little bit of comfort and and guidance through all of this. When I first spoke with Elizabeth, before we even talked about, okay, what are we going to have our conversation be about on this mm-hmm. podcast? She offered me value. <laughs> she said, I hear you. I see what you're going through here. Check this out. Have you explored these options and spoken to these doctors? So I just, I really wanted to highlight that because I think that's the key, you know, you aren't someone who's trying to sell something, who's trying to push something on somebody. You're just going from what you experienced and, and truly you're coming from a place of just desire to help. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. So I thank you for that. And um, I'm looking forward to continuing our conversation about this in the future. So before we dive into when people are already experiencing those struggles, I want to go a little bit toward the preparation side. So people like myself, aspiring mamas, mamas in training who have not even gotten pregnant yet, or maybe they haven't even started, or they're just on the cusp of it. What can we do to be proactive? I saw you mentioned something about regenerating eggs. And I'd love for you to touch on that, what that means.
1: Yes. So most of us are not aware that our eggs have a 120 to 150 day cycle, meaning every 120 days, there's essentially a not a new batch, but a regenerated batch. So we are born with as many eggs as we have. So it's not new per se, but it's the next, next in line. So every 120 (laughs) days, next in line comes up. They, you have your cycle and then they go away. So that's, that's that. So I always say before you're on your way to trying to conceive before you get to the true time of like, okay, we're actively trying. Now we are monitoring our, our ovulation. We know what's happening all of that stuff, you just want to get your body to a point of all the types of, you know, nutrition, exercise, supplements that you're putting in your body are leaning towards a healthy pregnancy. You actually want to act as if you are pregnant at that point. Mm -hmm. That being said, we don't want to hold on too tight to, you know, the diet and exercise because I can see that also more than you know works against you so if people are saying i'm you know i'm gluten-free i'm dairy free i'm all of these things and they're so stressed about what they're putting in their body in hopes to conceive if you don't need to be dairy-free gluten-free whatever then you don't have to hold on to that so tight does Mm. that make sense totally yeah Mm. so as much as getting yourself prepared you want to be on a healthy mental state as well because the ment- And we all have heard like, don't stress about getting pregnant Well, it's nearly impossible. I'm just going to say for <laughs> those of us who've gone through it, it's, it's like an, the biggest oxymoron there is. And that's where a lot of the tools that I work with my clients come in, because yes, we're going to be stressed about it. That's just a reality, but the tools and having the go-to, and that's different for everybody. So every single client I work with is different. So literally, depending on what their background is, where they're from, what their interests are, what their relationship is like, everybody's tools to get them to their positive pregnancy test are different because everyone is individual, right? And not all the supplements are created equal as well, meaning their quality as well as what is required for your specific body. So, you know, in an ideal situation, I would have you do all of your blood work your your homo- hormone panel done before you sh- you're trying to conceive so you know your baselines, you know what your thyroid is, you know what your D3 is, all of that stuff so that you know where you're starting from and where you need to go. And within reason, it's not like you can't have alcohol and you can't have caffeine and all of those things, but they do affect your body in some way. We all know, like if you go out for a big night the night before and you're drinking a lot, you're not going to feel good the next day, right? That's your body telling you something. So we want to do everything within reason and making your making sure your body and your eggs are primed for when you do conceive. Because again, we do not want you to have... Any losses, and unfortunately, if we have a situation where we're going into yourself, um, the female side, and/or the male side. So we're there's a lot of studies that are out right now showing that the male factor infertility is more significant than we thought it was in the miscarriage side of things. So if your spouse is out drinking and partying and smoking, or you know, the night before, that will affect his his sperm quality. And even if you had a healthy egg, if his sperm quality isn't good, guess what? That's not going to be a good match. So we, not only is it on us, it's on them as well and getting them on board and making sure that you guys are both doing all your supplements, appropriate exercise and nutrition.
0: Okay. So we've done all those things and we're communicating and we've decided we're going to go ahead and start. At what point do you recommend getting help? That's a good question. So
1: the, um, the kind of surface level that most for you, the US and Canada is if you are under 35, if you've been trying for a year to go, if you're over 35 and you've been trying for six months, then you go. For any of you who are trying to conceive, you kind of want it to happen when you want it to happen. So my personal opinion is most of us know if there's a gut feeling that something's not right kind of can listen to your intuition and say, mm, my cycles aren't normal, it's, especially if your cycles aren't normal or, or you're not ovulating, do not wait that long of a time. And, and also always advocate for yourself. So if you go to one doctor and they you feel like they kind of blew you off, go to the next, go to the next, go to the next. You want somebody who's going to be on your team, who's going to work with you to get to your positive test. Oftentimes we see doctors that are, you know, they're so used to the, the mill of people coming in and out that they don't really focus on the individual. And that's where a fertility coach can help you as well to point you in the direction of either a doctor or clinic or somebody that will really put the time and effort into you. But listen to your intuition. If you feel like something's not right and you're on day or uh, month three out of six or a year start making the calls I will say before you start making those calls make sure you have all your ducks in the row so there are so many wonderful tools out there right now that I wish were there when even when I was doing it they weren't but to track so there's so many apps but a couple there's a few that I love one of which right now is a, an ovulation tracking Tool called OvuSense. I'm not paid by them or anything, but I've had several clients get pregnant just naturally from using this OvuSense. And what it is, it's almost like a tampon that goes up into your vagina and it measures all of your cycles. So when I was doing it, was peeing on the ovulation sticks as well as taking your basal temperature every morning, which God forbid you get out of bed to go to the bathroom before you do that, then it's irrelevant. You have to make sure that it's done every morning, every same time, this takes out all of that guesswork and that links it to an app on your phone. You can then see every month. And I would say to do this for two to three months again, because you're tracking these egg cycles to know, are you ovulating? is your luteal phase, you know, short, long, whatever it is. So you can, once you do go to your doctor, if things aren't working that way you can say i'm not ovulating or i'm ovulating on this day and you know we're having intercourse at this time and it's still not working or whatever so i always just say make sure you have all your homework done so when you go there you kind of you're building your case right for them to get on your team and to help you instead of saying well i don't know anything and i'm starting from scratch do all of those things reach out to a coach to help you through that before you go
0: that, that sounds amazing. Cause also I've heard so many people using different apps, but there's, it's not connected to you personally. It's just based off of statistics, right.
1: right? Yeah. That's another thing. So there's, there's great apps that track your period and whatever. And it may say like, here's your fertile window between this time and this time. It really, that's not, that's not accurate because it's not tracking. It's just tracking on your, the days of your cycle that doesn't necessarily mean, so I have a 24-day cycle, that app doesn't know the exact time that I'm ovulating based on just my cycle. There's more to it that comes into play. So that's why it's really important that even if you are using the like the urine sticks or the basal body temperature, you need to input that into the app because then it will at least take that data to, to calculate when your ideal times are. But even still you don't want to you want to rely on the sticks or your temperature or something like obvious to tell you when you're ovulating and when to um have intercourse not just the regular app itself with no no inputted data
0: my next question was going to be where do you start and i think that is so specific for me to know and, and any aspiring moms to know do your homework first, get that Mm -hmm. information. And then after that, would you say first contacting a doctor or would you say contacting a coach or someone like yourself?
1: So it depends on where you're at as far as your history and everything. I think if you feel like you have everything lined up, you're pretty clear on your history, you're pretty educated on your body and all of that stuff. I would say, yeah, go to a doctor. Now, there's a difference between going to your regular OB and going to speak to a fertility doctor, which is a reproductive endocrinologist. I always fall more on the side of let's see a specialty, specialty doctor mm-hmm. out the gate, right? Because they are trained in this. This is what they study. This is what they know. Breathe, eat every single day versus the OB, of course, is who go you go to when you're Having some sort of gynecological issue, and or you're pregnant, and um, when you're trying to get pregnant, we want to talk to that doctor, right? I'm trying to get there, so let's talk to the person who's really the scientist exactly. of knowing how to make that happen, right? Yeah. And then we go to see the the OB. That's again just my opinion because I want to get there the fastest, quickest way. So if right. we can like not to eliminate them, but let's go straight to the source essentially, yep. right? Of who's going to tell me what I need to know. So that's kind of my opinion. The As far as having a coach, I feel like it's the overall fertility plan, fertility team, as I like to call it, because there's so many other things that go into it, right? It's your, your nutrition, your health, your lifestyle. Acupuncture is huge. Mm-hmm. The mental state, your up to 55% more likely to conceive if you're doing mental side of work as well. So the, most of what I do with my clients, yes, we talk about the the physical part of it, but a large part of it is keeping our mental health in check. And that's why we talk on a day-to-day basis, literally when you're going through this, because it's not like therapy where you, you know, every Tuesday at two o'clock, you talk for an hour and that's it. That's not how this process works. We are on a constant, communication based on what results did they get back today? How did their ultrasound go? What are they dealing with, with work or their spouse or whatever it may be? So when you're in it, that's where the coaching comes in, because it's like going to a trainer, you see a trainer more than once a week. If you go once a week, you're not going to see the results, right? It's the same as working with a fertility coach. And the results are astounding, just like these medical science-based um studies that they've done that show that you're up to
0: 55 percent more likely to conceive while doing that that's a really specific key point to remember too because oftentimes when we're going through okay i should restate that because i haven't gone through that when one is going through something like this they would either take it to of course their partner or their immediate friends and family or if they didn't feel comfortable doing that they would harbor all of this And sometimes when you take it to your closest friends and family, they're going to say something like, oh, just relax. It'll be fine. And that might make you feel like your opinion or your thoughts or your feelings are a little bit discounted. And I think it's so specific, like you said, to create that team, have somebody on your side. I have been one in the past to say, I think the key to this is to just, if, if it's time to go ahead and you're ready to have a baby just enjoy sex just start to have sex with your partner and just live your life and enjoy sex and I've thought for a long time that that was really good advice because I do think that there's this mindset piece and this pressure that we can put on ourselves and our head and our brain can really have control over your body more than you think right But now as I hear you speak, I'm Mm -hmm. thinking maybe that wasn't the best advice. So what would you say to
1: that? I mean, it's common advice and that's in an ideal world, of course, that's, that would be what we would want to do. But unfortunately when you're in it, it's, it's much heavier than that. And that's a lot of times actually where the sex piece comes in is where a lot of the problems arise because you are under such pressure to make sure that you're having intercourse during those, that window, because if you don't miss if you miss that window, then it's the next month. Right. Yeah. And so the man, the men get very, very stressed as well because it's no longer just enjoy it, just enjoy it. It's this performance. And if I disappoint my wife, my girlfriend, whoever it is, then they feel so bad as well. So it becomes this other cycle that, you know, is going on behind so many doors that we don't even realize. And it's so, so heavy and so destructive to the relationship because it takes away all the joy of trying to conceive and really what we thought it was going to be when we are you know, growing yeah. up of like, oh, it's so easy. And we were in fact, we're trying to not get pregnant all these years. And now all of a sudden, it's not what we thought it was going to be. And so as much as that is great advice, if somebody has no issue with it, and that's just what it is, the reality is most of the time that is not the case with people. And trying to get in a state of where you're knowing you, of course, we have to track our ovulation, we have to know that we're you know, having intercourse during that certain time, but within that certain time, there are things we can do to try to enjoy ourselves and to make it lighter and make it more fun so that it doesn't seem such a chore. Um, yeah. because when you're really in the throes of it, that's what it starts to feel like. It's literally it feels like you're, it's a job, right? And, it, mm-hmm. and also with secondary infertility, people that feel like they've had their number one baby and that may have come easy. And then the second time they're trying, and it's not so easy. And then that
0: becomes a whole nother stress on the couple Mm -hmm. as well. Can you touch on the different options that couples have? Because especially nowadays, there are so many different options. So if there are people here who are listening who have been struggling for a long time mm-hmm. and are thinking of giving up, can you speak to, to them and what kind of options or comfort they might be able to have?
1: Yeah, there are so many ways to become a parent. It's really amazing. It Obviously, well, it's called... Op- Artificial reproductive technology, ART, and that's where it would be like your IUIs, which is artificial insemination, which is most people will say the turkey baster form, (laughs) um, which some doctors' offices or clinics actually don't do it because they feel like it's not specific enough. So they can put the sperm up there, but they can't guarantee that it's going to meet the egg. So the chances of that are a little less likely than if you were to do IVF. And IVF is where they extract your eggs so you go through the process of taking um stimulation drugs to get your eggs to produce get bigger and multiple eggs than you would have had um just trying on your own and then they basically check those eggs fertilize them wait for the fertilization process to happen and then at that point they would transfer them back into your uterus and so if both of those are not options because of whatever reason you may have, there's donor egg options, which is amazing. Um, sperm donor, amazing. Um, embryo adoption, where you actually can adopt the, just a full healthy embryo and have that implanted. Surrogacy, um, adoption. There's so many, so many options that you can um roads you can get to, to become a parent, which is amazing. Another big study that's happening so often now, if you are considering any of those donor conception options is, um, epigenetics. So epigenetics is basically the study of saying that it's not necessarily your DNA as the only thing that matters. It's, you know, what you bring into your, your child or your, your offspring, so to speak. Mm. So. And there's a great book called The Biology of Belief, and it talks a lot about that. And I just tell everybody, whether you're having your own naturally conceived baby or you're doing any sort of donor conception or whatever, read this book because it really tells you from the scientific perspective that you can have as much influence on your child, almost as much as if it was a DNA you know, the same DNA. Yeah, yeah, and that's what, another reason why your mental health is so, so imperative when you're trying to conceive, because it's, I would rather you be in a better mental state than you're eating and drinking, Your eating and drinking can come out of your body, right? So if you're mm-hmm. having like a not sort of great diet or whatever, but you're, the cells in your body that are taking on that stress level, that's what's going to affect your your body. So it used to be at the doctors, okay, what are you eating and drinking a healthy diet when you're pregnant? It really should be what's your stress level right now? How yeah. How is that affecting your unborn child right now? So it's so important, but there are so many amazing ways to go. And there's so many resources out there right now on... These different options and other experiences. My biggest advice, if you are trying to think even about going down those roads, connect with somebody who has a baby from a donor egg or donor sperm mm, or that's adoption, see them and you will see that there is no difference of the love that comes from that family to that baby. It is just the same. So sometimes people really take a long time struggling with that decision and I just say, like, think of what the uh, the other side of that outcome is, because it is yeah. so beautiful. And when you see that in another family, it will, you know, switch your mind so fast to say, sign me up for that, because I'm, you know, let's just get to the other side of being parents, because it's just such a beautiful experience that these families have
0: hmm Now the financial side of it. Mm-hmm. So I know that's always sort of the big yeah. elephant. That's like, Oh my gosh, now we yes. have to dive into this.
1: Yeah. The financial side is not easy. However, there are a lot of resources out there. There's a lot of grants. In fact, you can just type Google IVF grants or surrogacy grants or adoption grants even. So there are a lot of companies out there that are willing to help. Even if you work for a big company, sometimes they have kind of hidden things in your packages that will help you with that process and why i say hidden is because they don't really shout it from the rooftops because it would cost them so much money because the reality is one in eight families in america one in six in canada are having these issues so if everybody was getting help from their companies they'd be in some trouble but Mm -hmm. even going to your clinics and saying this is my situation i don't have a lot of money to spend on this They often will give you a discounted um, rate if you're paying cash. So always, always ask because the help is there. If they can't do that, they will put you in touch with other resources. You can reach out to me. I'm happy to send people resources. I have a whole list of, of different ones of companies, again, from egg donation to IVF, to adoption, to all kinds of grants and opportunities to help people become parents. That's amazing,
0: what is just something that you'd want to leave with those women or those couples who might be really in the thick of it?
1: Do not give up hope, please don't give up of I know it sometimes it feels so desperate, and that's all you ever want and you dream about and you see people having their pregnancy announcements, and it feels like a kick in the gut. I know it. I have been there reach out to me. I'm happy to help you and talk you through it in whatever way that I can. But don't give up hope. There's so many options to become a parent right now. And there's so much help out there and really build your fertility team while you're going through it. It, That's what the team is for to get you to the finish line faster. You don't have to, you know, suffer through this or dredge through it. It it can be a joyful process. You just need the help of other people around you to get there. So find those people that support you and that you feel heard and you feel seen because they're there to help you.
0: But you just made me tear up. <laughs> you got me. Good job, Elizabeth. You got me. Um, and I think the other part of that is protect your heart, right? And if you need mm-hmm. to put social media away, if you need to unfollow, if you need to mute people, if you need to tell people, you know, I need a little bit of time, do that to protect yourself.
1: A hundred percent. In fact, most of my, all of my clients have been put on a social media diet, as I call it at some point (laughs) in our process, because what you have to remember is this is your story, right? You are writing your own story. It doesn't matter if you see Yes, Susie Q, whoever out there doing this, that, and whatever, and their successes or their failures, because we don't know their history or their body. Everybody has their own story and you're writing your own story. And sometimes it's good to see those. And sometimes it's not good, but regardless on a subconscious level, we take that in and we don't whether it's good or bad, we don't necessarily want to take that in, we want to just get on our own path and write our own story and and make sure that we take that in ourselves. So thank you for pointing that out, because it really does affect us and shutting it down, even if it's for 24 hours or a weekend or a week or whatever, just take account of how mm-hmm. you feel when you're not, you know, so integrated into those communities and seeing what's happening, because it really does take a toll on us. Yeah.
0: How can people find you
1: on my website at elizabethking.com or on Instagram at elizabethking underscore coaching.
0: All those links will be in the show notes, first of all, so you can easily access Elizabeth and all of the support that she has to offer. But you also have some awesome freebies on your website that I found that are really, really helpful. So
1: Yeah, please. I mean, and if there's something that's not there that you all find, please reach out. And we're also on Pinterest and blogs and all the things. DM me, my phone number is everywhere too. Please text me. I'm an open book. My goal in life is to have everybody pregnant and happy and healthy. So in whatever way that I can help, if you have any questions along the way, please don't hesitate to reach
0: out if you don't find it there on the website. Thank you, Elizabeth. Well, our journey together is not over. I know that for sure. And I'm just really grateful for your time today and for sharing. And I, I know that I've found a lot of comfort and I know that many others listening will as well. And if you're looking for more, please reach out to Elizabeth. Thanks, Jessica. Thank Have you. a great weekend. You too. If you enjoyed the show today, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and leave a review on Apple Podcasts so I know how to better serve you. I'd also love for you to join our community of Mamas in Training on Facebook. You can find me at Mamas in Training on Instagram and at Mamas in For Mamas in Training, I'm Jessica Lorian. We're in this together.